Welcome to Growing Up Boomer. I'm your host, Padre, with my co-host, Cotton. And this podcast is dedicated to the life and times of the baby boomer generation. The show is loosely scripted, and sometimes we'll go down rabbit holes, and where it leads us to, one will never know. This podcast can be informative, funny, and sometimes irreverent. But most of all, we hope you find it entertaining. Hey, Cotton, how's it going, my man? Fine, fine, Padre, and yourself. Uh, you know what? I cannot complain, but I am going to personally have to apologize to our followers and listeners for not having an episode for over a month, and it's my fault. You I know? know. I could hear the cries out. <laughs> or maybe the relief that we didn't put something on. <laughs> the the yeah, reason... like fireworks and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God, they don't have an episode. Yay! <laughs> Oh, the reason why, and as you know, Cotton, I was down south uh, helping out my old company set up a new store because that's what I used to do for them uh, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've been retired for about two and a half years. Yes. And you know, when you first retire, you want to think to yourself, man, you know what? I still got it, right? So so I jumped at this opportunity when they called and said, would you be interested? I went, oh yeah, let me add it. So I went back and Cotton, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I still got it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw I, you in action. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got sore legs. I got sore back and I got sore muscles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> you know what this taught me, though? That sometimes the best part of the career is retirement. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, golly. You know, it's one of these things that <laughs> retirement is what happens between doctor's appointments. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, real quick, we got our first downloads from Spain and Belgium. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and as you know, today we're going to do a podcast on the 4th of July and I had a good talk with Jackie Travis, if you remember Jackie Travis, sure, who had sure. painted the mural on the on the uh, Padro Dam. Yes. The ones that said 200 huge. years of, of freedom, and it mm-hmm. had in 1776 to 1976. She told me is that there's 13 stars there to represent the 13 colonies. Oh, I didn't never notice that. Yeah, and they have the Liberty Bell in there and says 200 years of freedom. Yeah, that's so we'll, great. Yeah, we'll play that for there. But let's first of all talk about the 4th of July, really how it started. The initial battles for the Revolutionary War broke out actually in 1775, and very few colonists desired to uh, completely have independence from Great Britain. <laughs> Those that did want independence, they figured they were radicals. Yeah. <laughs> like the baby boomers during the 60s. These guys are radicals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in the middle of the, of the following year, uh, the colonists had become in favor of independence because of the growing hostilities against the British. And, you know, and spreading revolutionary sentiments such as the, those expressed in the best-selling pamphlet, Common Sense, by publisher Thomas Paine in early 1776. <laughs> Now, you know, I did read a book by Thomas Paine. He was not a well-liked man, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, they couldn't stand him. (laughs) Oh, I'm serious. At the time of his death, it was the New York Evening Post wrote uh, uh, something from the American Citizen 
which read in part, this was his obituary, he had a long life, did some good, and much harm. Only six mourners came to his funeral, two of whom were black, most likely freemen. And that was his obituary. Wow. <laughs> yeah, six people. Here's a guy who is credited with, with starting the Revolutionary War as far as getting backing for it, and six people show up at his funeral. <laughs> and that's not, the, that's not the half of it. Okay, when he died, Quakers would not allow him to be buried at the graveyard as per his last will and testament. So his remains were buried under a walnut tree on his farm. <laughs> wow. Okay, now get this. This is a great one. But in, in 1819, an English radical journalist named William Cobbard, he dug up his bones and transported them back to England with the intention to give pain or heroic reburial on his native soil. But guess what? But guess what? It didn't happen. Okay, <laughs> this dude, this journalist died 15 years later, and he still has the bones in the back of a oh. wagon. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and there's, and there's no, there's no, there's no con confirmation, but they say that people own part of his bones. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say they have a skull, and the other one says they have the right hand. <laughs> <laughs> And the other guy's got a drum set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I am just, I'm just like, well, man, this poor guy. Yeah, just dig up his bones. <laughs> Where are they? We have no idea. <laughs> oh, then on June seventh, uh, during the Continental Congress, met in uh, Pennsylvania State House, later, to, you know, later to become called the Independence Hall in Philadelphia, and then mm -hmm. the uh, Virginia delegate. Uh, was was Richard Henry Lee introduced the motion for the colonies to become independent, and they said, "Whoa, wait a minute! <laughs> I think we need something a little bit more appropriate there." So they, what they did is they started a committee, and this is the big thing in Washington, right? We never mm -hmm. do anything; we just do committees. This was the last right. committee that actually finished something. <laughs> <laughs> then this included Thomas Jefferson of Virginia. John Adams of Massachusetts, Roger Sherman of Connecticut, Benjamin Franklin from Pennsylvania, and Robert R. Livingston of New York to draft the final statement justifying the break from Great Britain. Now, most of this was written by uh, Thomas Jefferson, who, again, was not well-liked either. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Okay, at the time of Washington's death, Martha Washington did not want Thomas Jefferson at the funeral. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You know what? These were only humans. They had a lot of power. And what happens when you get a lot of power? You could become very petty. Yeah. I mean, when you're really rich and you really have power, you become very petty if somebody doesn't do what you want. John Adams couldn't stand this man till about 1812. And then they became, uh, they became pen pals. Uh. You know, get this. They both died on J July 4th, 1826, and the 50th anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. That's amazing. Yeah. And what's John Adams' last words? Huh. Oh, Tom Jefferson still survives. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know that Thomas Jefferson died before he died. <laughs> God. I know. I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe this guy outlived me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the events that started the Revolutionary War that really turned over the the uh, 
colonists to want independence. Number one was a Stamp Act of 1776, the, the uh, Townshend Acts of 1767, the Boston Massacre of 1770, in which killed five colonists and wounded six, the Boston Tea Party in 1773, Lexington and Concord Battle, and British attacks coastal towns. That was it. We had enough. And so yeah. they, we went to war with them and then uh, finally uh, won independence, in which case then that tradition started. Now, of course, Americans always celebrate. We are always <laughs> looking. I mean, we even celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. We're looking for reason to celebrate. It doesn't even have to be in our country. <laughs> we just want a party. Before, before 4th of July celebration, the colonists used to ha have a tradition of celebrating the king's birthday because, you know, they were British citizens, right? Mm -hmm. We can't stand the British, mm -hmm. but, man, we're going to party. That's right. <laughs> Which included, you know, ringing of bells, bonfires, you know, speech-making, processions, parades, and I'm sure there was plenty of rum and beer being drunk as well, right? You're, that's that's right? probably but, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. but come 1776, they had celebrations mocking funerals for King George III. <laughs> 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 oh yeah oh and george washington used to celebrate the signing of the declaration of independence well they were fighting between 1778 and 1781 with double rations of not food of rum oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> forget the food let's get the rum <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know how we started the um, fireworks? It was started actually in Philadelphia on July 4th, 1777, in which case they had the ship's cannon fire 13 gun salutes in honor of the 13 colonies. Wow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. And then that night, then they started the fireworks. So that's where it started. It yeah, really did wow. not become a patriotic tradition to celebrate till after the War of 1812. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they faced, uh, you know, when they faced Great Britain, and Great Britain burned down the uh, White House. So they were pretty upset about that. So we became very patriotic after that. It was almost, and in 1870, the U.S. Congress made July 4th a federal holiday. Hmm. <laughs> not paid, but you get a federal holiday. Better. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't you it wasn't until nineteen forty one that they expanded to a grant a paid holiday. So before that it was it was like retirement, right? Yep. In other words, it's like a sick day without pay. <laughs> Today, just like most of our holidays, it's less about the meaning of the event than let's get out and have some leisurely time with the family. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, your birthday's pretty close to that, isn't it? It's the fifth, isn't the it? Day the day after, and uh, this year, uh, this place was lighting up. I mean, this whole. Well, they were doing it. For, we're doing it for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Until, no. I oh. didn't know that until I was eighteen. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Here's a trivia question. Of all 46 presidents, only one shares a birthday with the country itself. Guess who that is? I didn't know this. I, I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't. My daughter knew this, so she would probably take this podcast over if I, after I meet my demise. Okay. Yeah. Calvin Coolidge. 
our 30th really? president, yeah, was born on July 4th, 1872. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. My daughter knew that. Jeez. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. He's oh. not really mentioned much. <laughs> yeah. I said, how did you know that? She says, I don't know. I just know that. <laughs> oh, and some sad news, buddy. Uh-oh. Yeah, we, la- we lost an actor, Alan Wolf Arkin. Remember, I don't know if you remember him. He, I used to watch his movies. He used to crack me up. Alan Arkin, yeah. Yeah, he, um, yeah. I yeah. first remember him uh, in The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming in 1966. <laughs> Great movie. Oh, I used to love all of those satires about the Cold War and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I remember him also in Freebie and The Bee. And The Bean? The Bean. He played Sergeant yes. Bean Diego. That's going way Yeah, back. and I'm going like, I think that's pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, they made a television series after that one, too, in 1980. That was done in 1974. It had James Caan in it, and he was freebie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Who yeah, was yeah. Bean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, it was, it was, <laughs> and I'm going like, yeah, you just can't make those kind of movies anymore. <laughs> And that was back then. Oh, hey, I got an article for you. Is Burger King Thailand shocks fans with new cheeseburger revolting? Really? Yeah. Get this one. There comes a time, and this is the way the article reads, there comes a time in all of our lives when we must confront the question, how much cheese is too much cheese? If Burger King in Thailand is to be believed, the the limit does not exist <laughs> okay all right and they got pictures of it and i'm going like you know what and this it, it, it is a cheeseburger and that's it it's got 20 slices of cheese 20 20 slices of cheese <laughs> it's Jeez. almost too then it reads it sounds almost too revolting to to be real burger king insists the social media Excuse me, social media posts on Sunday when the burger landed on the menus. The monstrosity is indeed legitimate. <laughs> this is no joke. <laughs> this is for real, it wrote on Facebook. The real cheeseburger is full of flavor for those who love cheese. At one branch in Bangkok, CNN reported a shift manager was overheard saying the product was so popular the outlet had to stop accepting delivery orders so they could have enough stock left for walk-in diners. Jeez. (laughs) Wow. All right. Okay. I have one movie review and we'll move on, okay? Okay. Redfield. Have you heard of it? No. It's a movie based on Redfield from Brian Stoker's uh, legendary uh, Dracula. Oh. Well, if you saw the movie Dracula, it had Keanu Reeves in it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Redfield. He's the guy that goes to to, uh, Dracula to sell the castle or whatever, some big real estate deal. It is hilarious. Bloody as all get out. Nicolas Cage puts a great one. Oh, really? Oh, oh, he he is hilarious in it. But, oh, I'm telling you, a few too many F-bombs for me, and it is bloody. But you can't help but laugh. It's so bad. (laughs) Oh, I'd watch it again. Really? Oh, yeah, it may find the Padre household of movies. 
What's it called? It's called Redfield. R E N F I E L D. If you've got Peacock, it's it's uh, streaming now. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, and, and uh, what's her name? Acrafini is hilarious. I, I I love her and everything she does. She cracks me up. Huh. All right. But yeah, you got to see it. Nicholas Cage's Dracula is hilarious. <laughs> You need to see it. Oh, man. He's yeah. more like a Malagosi type of person. But, oh, That's great. It is hilarious. You, you, you know, like I said, if you get, if you get a chance, you got to see it. You'll, you'll just crack up laughing. <laughs> All right. We'll get back to our podcast. The first thing is we're going to uh, talk to Jackie Travis. We were able to uh, discuss her involvement in the Pardo Dam oh. painting. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. And you, like I said, I know you know Jackie Travis from way back. So, I'll sit Mm -hmm. back and listen. I shall do that. (laughs) Hello, Jackie. How are you doing? I'm good, Joe. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic. How are you enjoying retirement? I am so loving retirement. (laughs) I tell you, there's nothing better. Now, you moved back to back east, didn't you? Yes, Somerville, South Carolina. Oh, wonderful. How's the weather back there? Well, right now it's rainy season, so almost every day it's raining. Oh, okay. Well, that's why it's so green, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you know, and just to let the audience know that I believe you and I have been working together for 25 years plus, I think. If I believe cool. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have been setting stores up for who knows how long, and I would set the store, but you would do all the hard work to make sure everything was set up correctly. Oh, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> oh, I just remember whenever I had issues, I just call you and say, hey, I'm having issues with this vendor. And all I had to tell the vendor was, I'm going to have Jackie call you and it would get done. <laughs> it's so funny, Andy, it just texted me and asked where I bought Quick from. <laughs> oh, that was just so, and I tell you what, one of those, some of those, uh, remodels that we had done and store openings we had done are some of my best memories yes working hard work but man such a carrot at the end oh yeah 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 and just so that was it but the reason why i called you today is uh first of all this is groundbreaking for us because you're our first interview oh wow and what got me on it was that because on your facebook page you showed the picture of what's the name of that dam the bicentennial freedom mural yeah yeah the mural on there and you had it on your facebook page and they lit it up after they redone it and i remember that not only were you the um uh, one of the originators painting that but you also were one of the ones that advocated to have it repainted again yeah tell me about how how it was i mean first of all i want to go over a few things about the dam Okay. It was built in nine. It was completed in 1941, when yeah. the when the population of Corona was 10,000 people in the 1940 <laughs> census. <laughs> <laughs> and in 2020 census, it's now Corona's a small little town of 157,136 people. Oh my goodness! And I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> well that's one thing i could say that there's something older than both of us okay at least me anyway all righty the dam is older than me i already told you about my kids right about when disneyland was celebrating its uh, 50th anniversary 
No, what about it? And my, my son turns to me and he says, hey, Dad, you're older than Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot, son. And he goes, and they've been around forever. <laughs> yeah, there ain't many things that are older than me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> now, tell me about this whole, in 1976, mm-hmm. what what in the world inspired you and 30, or you and 29 other people to paint that, that, that mural? Well, the dam was always an eyesore. It was full of always being graffitied, always just an eyesore going down the freeway. Mm-hmm. And actually, Terry Smith, who was our the senior class president at the time, her advisor, director, uh, was looking for senior projects to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she came up with the idea, hey, why don't we paint the Prado Dam? Mm-hmm. And so with that, she was talking with my dad at the baseball field because we were all big baseball people. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, my dad just looked there and said, let's do it. And so he was the actual adult in charge mm. besides the activity director right. of the school. And mm-hmm. so with that, my dad went and got uh, donations for paint and things like that. And mm-hmm. Terry Smith went, we had a contest within the student body on what um, we should paint on it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Ron Kammeyer and Perry Schaefer were mm-hmm. the winners of that. They combined it for the 200 Years of Freedom, 1976 to, or 1776 to 1976 in the Liberty Bell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they each won $100, which back in those days was pretty good. <laughs> Oh, wow. That $100 back then was pretty good, too. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, so that's how we concept, you know, how it started. People don't realize how big that dam is. Yeah, it's very big. I, I just can't believe. How long did it take you to paint that thing? Well, we first whitewashed it all, oh. and we did it all in a weekend with rollers oh. and gallons and gallons of paint. We would stand at the top and pour five-gallon buckets, and everybody would have a roller, and that's how we would do it. And it took us one weekend, we whitewashed the whole thing. And the very next day, it got graffiti. So then we had to uh, whitewash it again the next weekend. So it was a doubler, but Mm -hmm. uh, we had fun doing it. And then the actual mural, which my ex-husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, and I actually talked out all the letters and numbers on the the dam. And so so, then they would follow through with the painting. So this was chalked out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't stenciled out. It was chalked out. Wow. It was chalked out. Do you remember the old overhead projectors? Yes. Mm -hmm. Somehow they enlarged it that way. My dad worked or Container Corp, who did all the packaging at the time. So he got his artist people in to render the actual drawing of it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, the measurements were all laid out for us, and all we had to do is follow the measurements. And wow. it. Well, so pe- the people that, that, well, they can probably go online now and see it or, and also see it on, the, uh, on Facebook. Uh, 
but it, the design is is so perfect it says two and on the far left it says 200 years of freedom then it has a liberty bell and it says 1776 to 1976 the numbers mm-hmm. look like a flag with the red white and blue and stars on the top right and the stars there's 13 stars to uh, recognize the colony so 13 stars for the 13 colonies mm-hmm. wow that's wonderful wow I, I am i'm blown away by that <laughs> it's uh yeah the guys did a great job in designing it you know they they did it it's all it's just awesome and when you look at some of the pictures the people are standing by the dam i mean they look like ants right <laughs> yes <laughs> people don't realize how big that dam is you know when i say oh. that that whole project i mean how long did it take you to do the entire project i mean though i mean you whitewashed it I, in a weekend but right um i don't remember the whole process but i do remember it couldn't have been more than four weekends we only did it on weekends we didn't do it during the week because of school well that is that is amazing and for those that don't realize how big this is this mural spans seventy six thousand eight hundred square feet yeah <laughs> and that's about six times the size of mount rushmore right you know i'm just going like i was just amazed on that so how many weekends was that again i want to say three or four weekends wow we would start and we'd stay the night out there at the base wow we'd camp out there and we'd get an early start so it was fun Wow. and um for our fun we used to stand at the top and when the paint was wet we would slide down on our uh, our feet like um <laughs> skate oh wow <laughs> you might no as well have fun doing it right oh yeah no safety <laughs> yeah, yeah i look back on that and go oh my goodness yeah. and back then the paint was probably had lead in it oh lot <laughs> and 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 that was the big issue of what was holding it up from being repainted oh okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well and then you also were involved in the process of getting it repainted again is that correct the bicentennial freedom mural conservancy Mm -hmm. yes yeah and i think you you also made statements on it because i remember you writing something at work and you were calling yourself the dam painter yep we (laughs) i'm with a dam painter (laughs) well explain that how did that happen how did that whole thing happen where you were able to actually get them to to redo everything well we asked army corps of engineers to uh if we could repaint it mm-hmm. and because of the lead and everything like that we literally were frozen they would not allow us to and then the army corps of engineers one day decided to remove the mural completely without anybody's knowledge i mean the all the people were up on top of the mural ready to take it off and um, we literally had to take them to court and sue them mm-hmm. um, for the removal because we were going for the restoration. We were not going for the removal. Okay. So it's a long, long process. Um, and why it took, what, eight, ten years to do is because it was in the legal system for that, and COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it was coming to realization right before COVID and then COVID hit. So mm-hmm. we had to start the process again, but 
Oh my goodness. So you read, so you started the process again and when? And, um, then it was just a lot of meetings with, um, army Corps of engineers, department mm -hmm. of justice, mm -hmm. all of them, just all, everybody getting in funding. We had to get the funding to not only paint it, but maintain it afterwards. Oh, wow. So it doesn't go bad again. Because it, it really should be painted every few years yeah. because it's so, yeah. it bleeds through. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My goodness. So you, so that the whole funding, was it private to paint this? Yeah, it was private. People mm -hmm. actually bought letters and uh, numbers and the Liberty Bell to um, sponsor it to get everything done. And then I want to say Riverside County Municipal mm -hmm. is the one that is going to be maintaining it. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. had moved by that time, so I was not intricately involved in those meetings. So mm -hmm. I don't remember all the people that were involved in that. So you're saying that this did not cost the taxpayers a penny? Correct. Oh, wow. So it's all done by private uh, donations? Yes. Wow. And if we had high school kids, it could have been done a lot sooner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, that's true. huh? Well, Jackie, I really appreciate you joining us today. And then telling us a story about how we got this, how you and your participants not only did the first one, but also were able to have it redone again. Because I'll tell you what, I remember because I remember you can't miss it when you're going down the 91 freeway. Correct. You know, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful. And, and this is what people don't realize about baby boomers is that. Everyone thinks baby boomers are like the Woodstock generation, <laughs> you know, we're out yeah. there, you know, like hippies and stuff like that. And that was such a small, minute part of the baby boomers. Baby boomers were more patriotic than people realize, I think. Oh, absolutely. You know, Especially that time, mm -hmm. it was during all the patriotic things going right. on yeah and it was great well jackie thank you so much and continue to enjoy your retirement and we just love hearing that story and it's great to talk to you again all right thank you joe all right bye-bye bye cotton all i gotta say is that i'm very impressed that we actually found someone who did good over the fourth of july really oh yeah you know jackie travis i mean and and 30 of those students my goodness. I mean, what did we do during the 4th of July? It wasn't that, that's for sure, in our senior year in high school. <laughs> yeah, burned a few fingers. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, man. We used to do some crazy stuff on 4th of July. <laughs> I used to go to my brother-in-law's house. And I think I can't remember. It was near the city of industry. Uh, you know, the um, you could see that golf course. The City of Industry golf course, the one that's up on the yeah. hill. You could see it from his house. That's how close he was. Wow. <laughs> and we used, he used to live in a cul-de-sac. And they would buy fireworks. And I'm telling you, Cotton, it would start. It would start at 9 o'clock. And it would not end to the wee hours of the morning. That's how much fireworks they had. Wow. <laughs> and some, and you know, and then once there's alcohol involved, you know, crazy stuff's going to happen. 
Well, it's, there's always alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> what they used to do, they used to tie. You know, you used to get those big rolls of firecrackers, like about 500. Oh, yeah. Well, they would unroll them, tuck them in the back of your pants, then light them on fire, then run around. No way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had one firecracker blow up in my fingers one time. Oh, man, and that must have hurt. Oh, it did. My, my hand ached for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that was crazy. Oh, golly. And then they, they they used to have, I mean, these bottle, not bottle rockets. I mean, these, I mean, they looked like they belonged at the, you know, at the, one of these Disneyland events. I mean, <laughs> these things were huge and they would shoot them up in the air. And I remember one year they had this monkey, just a, a, a plush monkey type of thing. And it had uh -huh. the flexible arms and they would wrap it around this rocket i mean that's all i could describe it and it would shoot up in the air <laughs> and then it'd blow up I know Boom! What you're talking about yeah <laughs> and then they get the kids to see if they could find the monkey what it looked like that monkey lasted through four launches no way <laughs> and they would find it they'd find it you know he'd be a little burnt and stuff like that but it's, oh look he's still good okay let's wrap him up another one there he goes <laughs> Boom! And then the kids would run around and because they would close off the cul-de-sac, they would block it, and there was people everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. It was really something. I mean, we would do some crazy, crazy stuff, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. my other brother-in-law one time. Now you have to remember, there's no internet. There's really, I mean, no TV really to speak of. You know, you got like four channels. Mm -hmm. So we'd get aluminum foil. And we get that those five hundred big rolls of uh, firecrackers, and he would open up every one and put them in a aluminum foil. Right? Oh, okay. wow! And then he would put it up, you know, tighten it up really good, you know, <laughs> in in a nice hard uh, looked like a little ball, aluminum ball. And he had a little fuse on it, so. He got it one time. He said, "Oh, let's try this out." So <laughs> there was like a bomb, yeah, know. like a wall. There was like a wall, you know, those cinder block walls next to them. And one of them, you know, how they usually finish the top off, mm -hmm. right? Well, one of them wasn't finished off, and you know, that stuff had chipped away. And so he lights it, pops it in there, take off, and boom! I mean, the windows were shaking, <laughs> and the brick flew up. And we, I mean, can you imagine all the stuff we used to do? I mean, yeah, did, oh. did you ever run through fire, you know, like the um, uh, the uh, fountains? You run through the fountains? No. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Jump, jump over them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't want to fall. No, no. And that, we were the probably the last generation to actually hold fireworks. Remember the sparklers? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going like, you know, the, the clothes weren't flame retardant. <laughs> yeah, well, anything could happen i remember one year we've got a a, a mutual friend who was <laughs> he came over to the house and it was fourth of july and we were at my mom's house and uh with her brand new um like a uh, costco table you know out <laughs> in the front yard and had all the fireworks on there and uh <laughs> 
my my old friend, one that you know very well, uh, was who was uh, very sarcastic at that time. So you, that'll probably give you a nice hint. But uh, um, he was drinking an awful lot, an awful lot, and he set his pug down without knowing it on the table. <laughs> and mom's new table and every firework we had went up in one shot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The worst about it, he's trying to pick up his beer while that thing was all lit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saved the beer, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, that's too much, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. And I think, Cotton, probably on that note, we should probably end this podcast, buddy. Okay. We're running a little long, but you know what? That is hilarious. That's probably the best one we've had all the entire thing. Yep. yep. <laughs> all the fireworks go up and smoke, and the guy saves his beer. The initials are PK. <laughs> Do you know who that is? Uh, I know Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Right. Well, you All have right. a you have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, buddy. You got it, bud. Bye bye. Nos vemos después. We'd like to thank you for listening, and leave you with this one quote: Have the fun of shooting off bottle rockets on the Fourth of July is emptying the bottles. And until next time, may God bless.